What's going on, guys? You are listening to the Lens Culture Photography Podcast, hosted by myself, Jonathan Pajak. And I just want to let you guys know the purpose of this podcast is to help all of you guys, photographers, videographers in this awesome industry, grow your business. That is the main purpose here. If you want to access anything I reference in this episode, be sure to head down to the show notes of the episode for additional information. Enough talking, let's get right into it. We have reached the final part in our three-part mini-series, guys, on how to film a wedding. In today's episode, we're talking all about delivery, um, some random details and stuff like that I just wanted to touch on and mention. And then also, I'm just going to do a few, some questions that you guys DM me about, a little Q&A at the end. So if you're interested in that, definitely stay tuned. Um, delivery is an interesting topic. A lot of people um, have different takes on it, different things that the way they do things um, and stuff like that. And for me, again, like I've said in these past two episodes on this, this is the stuff that's just worked for me um, and things that I enjoy doing in the delivery aspect to get the most out of my films, to get the most out of my client relationship um, and get the most out of the footage that I capture on a wedding day. So everything can change and be, and be different based on whoever, you know, is filming said wedding or something like that. Delivery is weird though. It's like rounding third base and running home. Um, if you go too wide, it makes you run even longer. I'm confused. I used to be really confused by that when people would make that analogy in baseball. Basically what I'm saying is don't lack on this category and just quickly push out the film. Don't and forget and never look at it again. Um, Each film I work on is like almost 30 hours of work if you account into the hours you spent preparing for the shoot, actually going to the wedding, shooting, driving home, unloading footage, finding music, editing, color grading, sound, delivery, everything. So take advantage of this content and be sure that you can use it to its max capability to book you more jobs and even make you a little bit of extra money after the wedding or um, help you attract more couples and clients and stuff like that too. I mean, you've worked 25, 30 hours on on this one project, so you may as well utilize as much of, of it as you possibly can. So let's hop right into delivery. And then at the end, like I said, we're going to do the Q&A. So first things first is I'm exporting this in multiple versions for my couples. So when you're done with your film, um, you want to make it very easily very easy for your couples to share it, to show it to friends, to maybe post it. When I am on the phone with them in their initial call, I always am asking them like, what is the purpose of this video for you guys? Like, is it just for you to watch? Is it just for you to um, show your mom and dad or sit down with your with your family and watch? Like, what's the purpose of it? Um, and I always ask that because maybe if it is just for them, like they have no intentions on posting or anything, I may export it in a larger file and send them a USB in the mail um, if they can take a little bit more time, that extra four days or whatever it takes and have it very, very high quality because I know they're going to watch it on like a TV or something. Um, if they're wanting to post on social media, I'm going to make sure I make those social media edits um, as great as I possibly can and also make sure that they're formatted properly for different platforms and stuff like that. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But exporting in multiple versions for the couple is huge, guys. So I, for me, how I usually do this is I will export it in its normal format, which is a 1080p right now until the A7S 3 comes in and I can do full 4K. Um, but 1080p in a high, high resolution um, uh, output codec. So basically, it's going to look really, really good on your computer, on your TV, if you plug the USB in, if you have a smart TV or something, or if you just pull up YouTube or something like that. It's going to look really good. I also export it in an Instagram format, a Facebook format, and then I also um, give them like a DVD file if they want to put it 
on their DVD. Um, I, I do that more on a question basis. If the couple desires it, I'll do it, but usually I won't. So usually just those three formats of the highlight film itself. I also go in and take the logo. So on the questionnaire, they they have a whole section of all the vendors they've worked with. And obviously, you know, some of them I will, you know, connect with on the wedding day, maybe create a relationship, maybe I've worked with them in the past, and I will go in and grab logos of the vendors that I felt like did a really great job in the wedding day and played a really good part in their film where I have a lot of footage of um, stuff that I've used in the video, whether it be the flowers, the drapery, um, the DJ, it could be the makeup artist, stuff like that. And I will export the video with their logo in the corner because they were part of that wedding. So they can post it and say like, I was so happy to be a part of this wedding. I did the makeup for so and so and then they have their little logo in the corner which is great so i export it for the vendors as well with their logos and all of this obviously takes time i mean you can queue all of this up in media encoder but finding the logo dragging it in getting it into your editing software stuff like that takes time and this is all before i deliver guys so i'm trying to do all of this before i even send the film to the couple the next thing i do is i upload it to youtube and youtube is crucial for me because I think that is where you can get a lot of organic traffic to your videos by people searching a venue or a, um, a city and the wedding, something like that. So I try to title them um, as best as I can for SEO and also for, I want to say relatability. Like if you have a, a, a video that's titled Jack and Jill St. Pete Beach Wedding, like you may get some hits from the St. Pete Beach Wedding, but the Jack and Jill parts are really not going to do anything for you. So maybe take a nice loving sentence from their vows and put that as the title. Or if it was a uh, beautiful sunny day, maybe incorporate that into the title somehow because people might search like beach, like sunny beach wedding or something like who knows. But YouTube is crucial. So what I'll do is I'll upload it to YouTube as an unlisted video. So or private or unlisted, either one of those. And I will also include the link to that video in the email I send them to them. So I'm sending them a hard copy so they can have that hard copy. But if they want to easily share it, they're going to send that YouTube link. And that's great for me because I'll get views on the video. More people will see it. Easier to share on Facebook if they don't want to actually upload the video to Facebook. Um, and YouTube is just a great way to you know reach more couples and stuff like that by having videos that have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 views. Like if somebody goes, if a couple that's considering hiring you to film their wedding goes to your YouTube channel and every single one of your videos has four or 5,000 views, that's going to look really good on you. Like, wow, they have a lot of wedding films that have a lot of views. Um, so it's really crucial to upload it beforehand. And usually I wait for the couple to to either um, tell me like, oh my gosh, we loved it or like, or email me back or text me that they've received it and watched it before I click public. Or if I just like see that the view count is like going up like 50, 20, 30, 50, or I just went down and up there. That was weird. Um, then I'll, then I'll go public. Cause I have obviously a know that they've watched it and shared it of, of that nature. Um, uploading to YouTube is huge guys. If you're not doing that in 2020, mind blowing, definitely start doing that. Um, I recently just, just started sending the film digitally as well as USB because I was for a while there just USB and then a separate email with that YouTube link. And then through How to Film Weddings podcast, I learned about Webflow. I love Webflow. I know there's no um, there's no sponsorship here. There's no nothing. I just I love their product. I use it for every single one of my clients. Basically, for me, it turns out to be five bucks extra. So it's a five dollar investment to upload up to six gigabytes of stuff, which I never really go over that unless I'm doing like a doc edit where it's like a forty five minute video. Um, but basically, it's a very high end, luxury looking website 
to showcase your film and for them to download it there as well. So I send that over them to them as well because they can easily share it to others. Now you're not getting that view count like you would get in YouTube, so I press the YouTube link a lot more, but it makes it easier for my couples to be able to send it to their mom and say, hey mom, download this so you can have it on your computer or something like that. Um, so it's really easy, it's password protected, you can manipulate the colors in there, the fonts, it looks really good, almost like a gallery for a, for a photo gallery, but for, but for videos. So it's an, it's an amazing way to um, expand on your brand and keep that professionalism at a at top notch, um, which is great. So definitely recommend Webflow. Um, no discount code, no coupon code, nothing, guys. But um, like I said, it's only five bucks to get six gigabytes of data. And I want to say it stays on there for like almost 10 years. Um, so I've touched a little bit on the mail delivery aspect. Now, what am I using? How much does it cost? Um, for me, it comes out to be around $18. The little USB thing that I send is, I want to say $13.99 usually. Um, it's just a heart USB in a wooden box with some fray. You could make something like this yourself if you want to like, dedicate a day to just doing them for like all your ex-clients for the year. Um, and then I send them in the mail. It's usually about 3 or 4 bucks, So it comes out to be around $20. About $25 to deliver fully with the USB and Webflow. Um, and for me, I like delivering the first time they see it in the mail because we all love that feeling that when we get a package in the mail so if i can give that feeling to my couples when they're opening up their films like they're getting something to me i love that so i know that they do and they're excited to put that usb in the tv or in the computer and watch it together not and for me i think it also motivates them to watch it on a larger screen than to just pulling it up on their iPhone 6 or 7 you know and like that frustrates me when i spend 30 hours editing something and then you pull it up on your iPhone to watch it. So like for me, if I can send the USB, get them excited about a package, get them excited about receiving something, they plug it into the computer, it's smart TVs nowadays all have, all have USBs, then it's so easy for them to watch it in higher quality setting, obviously. Um, placing the film and a thank you letter into the package as well and sending it out to the couples, pretty much standard for me. So I just have the film on the USB and then just a handwritten thank you letter just saying thank you so much for hiring me. Here's your video. I hope you guys really enjoy it. You know, leave a review, stuff like that. Um, and then after that, like I said, I'm usually scheduling out the YouTube video for a month after just to, in case they don't respond to my text or email me or something like people get busy. Unfortunately, it happens. It's frustrating when you work for 30 hours on something and then they don't even say like, oh my God, thank you so much. But the majority of the times they are saying thank you and it's always a pleasure to hear. But if they don't reach out after a month after me delivering it, I'll schedule the YouTube video to be public. Um, or like I said, I just watch that view count. Once couples receive the film, I post a 60 second teaser that I've edited for myself, even if the couple didn't add it on to their package on Instagram. Now, I don't send them this teaser because they didn't pay for it. I'm doing it for myself. They can obviously watch it, but I tag everybody in this video, all the bridesmaids, all the groomsmen, the couple, all the vendors um, and stuff like that. I tag everybody so that it can get more traction and hopefully get more views. Um, usually I would, um, I, I want to start posting the video itself on IGTV, but with that, I kind of want to like space things out a little bit, just post a 60 second teaser, like hype up the, the full length film. So kind of varies, but there is a lot of hype that comes around when you first deliver the film to the couple so maybe posting the full video will be beneficial in 2020 and, and therefore after as well um and it's at this point where i'll send everything to the vendors 
um, all of their versions and stuff like that after I posted the 60 second teaser and sent it out to the couple and in hopes that they'll post it on their social medias or reshare something or reshare the Facebook link and stuff like that or YouTube link um, and obviously just building more traction up around the film which is the which is what we should all be doing here to gain more exposure to potential couples by having these videos you know get really really popular by all the vendors that were involved um, post delivery I'll usually just send them an email and just say hey I really hope you enjoyed the film I am closing out this project is there any last minute add-ons you'd be interested in um, I know your dad said an amazing speech at the reception do you want to want me to edit that on and add it over um, stuff like that I'm not referencing price here at all because they already have my price sheet for all the add-ons so I know that if they do say you know what actually we really want our ceremony we really want our first dances or something like that I just you know edit that send them over the invoice they pay it then I send them over the um, uh, the edited version of those desires and stuff like that and then obviously after this if they say no like we're good thank you so much the film is beautiful I'm just asking them for reviews especially at the time where they're really really happy with it I know some people do it two months three months later when they're like probably not busy with weddings or whatever or not busy and they're just like back to the normal life but for me I like to do it when they're like super happy with me and they're super excited because they just watched like this new movie on their like relationship um, asking them to review me there I like to see if I can get them to review me in like two or three places even if they copy and paste it just because you never know where people are reading reviews and for me it's huge because I know Google's going to be around for a long time and Facebook will too but I try to push for Google first then Facebook and then the not um, in that order for me Google's priority because I think it helps with your SEO maybe just a little bit I don't know for sure but definitely Google is the number one priority that was a lot of information on delivery. This is probably the smallest segment in this three-part series is the whole delivery process um, and stuff like that. But like I said, guys, just really good key points to get in a good habit to. Um, if you want to be you know, a super pro, extra, awesome, the best in the industry, I would honestly consider hand-delivering USBs with full-length films to like venues or um, coordinators stuff like that the people that can help you grow your business by referring you to other couples and clients i know my first two years i hand delivered every single film or photo gallery that i took to every venue um, that i worked at for the first time and then once i knew the people there and had the relationship with them where you know i knew them and it was hello not nice to meet you i just would send them emails there at that point um they're maybe still showing up and still giving them hard copies again we might actually speak louder so I may go back to doing that but definitely definitely a gold star if you if you drive out and um, deliver the USB with the film or photos exactly how they um, how you edited them and delivered them to the client. All right, guys, well, that's it for the mini parts here, but let's get into the q and I had a bunch of people message me on Twitter, on, on Instagram, so I just want to go over like five or six questions that I like I like highlighted that I thought were really good. So the first one was, how can I find my first wedding video gig? I think I've mentioned this a, a few times on the podcast, but basically how I did it was I had filmed some videos for myself, just like YouTube, like vlogs, stuff like that back when those were a thing, and a friend of mine just reached out and was like, hey... Um, would you be interested in filming our wedding like and I was like oh I mean like that sounds like fun like I'd do it for you I don't really know what to charge you I've never done it before so she paid me 200 bucks and 200 bucks I showed up I filmed the wedding I really freaking enjoyed it I'm on the preferred vendor list of that venue now um and I've just been doing it ever since so my advice to you would be if you're trying to f get into this industry um reach out to your friends that are getting married especially if you're under the age of 30 like a lot of your friends probably have, are engaged or getting married and if they're not hiring a videographer just tell them you want to do it either a um 
say, you know, do for free or do for cheap. The problem with that is they may not put value in you. So like they may not give a crap that you're actually there. So maybe having somebody that will pay you at least two, 300 bucks might be better. Um, just some sort of amount to show, you know, um, the fact that they actually want you to be there. Um, so yeah, guys, definitely reach out to friends, post on Facebook, offer to do things for a little bit cheaper um, and kind of go that way. Maybe even reach out to some local photographers saying that you'll do a video for, for one of their photo clients for free if they're interested, something like that. Who knows? Um, going on to the second question, should I rent gear for that first video gig? This is crucial. F ironically, I'll tell you guys a funny story. When I first started and it was my first wedding ever, I actually went to Best Buy bought a gimbal, used it for the film, and returned it the next day. Because I didn't know if I wanted it, but I, I knew I wanted stabilization for the wedding. And honestly, I was like so happy that I did that because I would have hated doing the everything just handheld when I first started because I didn't really know what autofocus was. I didn't really know how to use manual focus that well. Um, and having the gimbal just you know made me look more professional on my first time and uh, definitely helped me with... Um, with getting steadier shots when I barely knew how to use my camera like in a professional setting. So I would say renting gear for your first time is a go. Just maybe not buying gear. Um, if you don't know you're you're gonna actually want to get into filming weddings, feel free to rent some gear. It's you're not you may pay a hundred bucks to get a camera and a lens or something, or maybe just a camera or something like that. Um, but don't buy anything. Definitely don't go the route that I did where I bought something and returned it. I was kind of skittish. But definitely don't buy anything if you don't plan on doing this. You know multiple times a year or to make actual money from it. So renting gear, good. Buying gear, no. Moving on to the next question. How do I know when it's the best time to up my prices? And this is actually one of my favorite questions. I did a whole episode on pricing yourself to make a decent living in this industry with David Zhao. And we talked all about this. So if you want to dive deeper into this topic, go to that episode for sure. But just a quick little rule of thumb here is if you're getting burnt out and you're doing so many films every single year, and you're realizing you're not being as creative with them, you're not being able to devote enough time to each client because you have so many wedding video gigs, you need to up your prices. You're gonna book less weddings, and some people like shooting more. Some people like shooting, which is great. But if you're doing 30 weddings at $1,000 and making 30 grand, wouldn't it be nicer to do 15 weddings at $1,500? I mean, I personally would like to do that a little bit more, have more of my weekends and stuff like that. Um, but definitely if you're shooting way, way too much, you either need to up your pricing and find that sweet spot. Um, that's a good time to know to up your prices when you're shooting too much and you're just getting burnt out. Um, also, I would say when you're when you're having to, when you've already put a cap on yourself, like I'm going to do 35 weddings and that's it. And then you're constantly hitting that number and you're hitting it soon and early up your pricing your demand for you is high at that price so you want to go a little bit higher to where your demand is a little is the same but your you know your price is higher so people are like a little bit more hesitant on it but they're still going to book you so if you're if you're getting 60 inquiries at a thousand dollars upping to 1500 is not going to rule out your 60 inquiries you just may not have um you know the same amount of bookings because of how cheap you are so definitely take those into factor when considering to up your price that's kind of what i did in the beginning you could also do like a 5 10 or like 15 rule so like every five weddings i'm going to raise myself up 100 until i like you know stop booking um or every 10 weddings or every 15 weddings or something like that or it may be even as you invest in gear too i know um John Bunn had a really good uh, analogy. He was saying, however much gear you bring to your wedding day, like how much is it to rent that for the day? Like that's a great way to kind of think at least tangibly what you're bringing to a wedding day. If you, if to rent all your gear is four grand and you're charging 400 bucks to shoot a wedding, 
I mean, yes, it's dependent on how you use that gear, but you're maybe charging a little too cheap, guys. <laughs> um, I know everybody's like, just raise your prices, but no, there's a time and place for everything. Um, definitely think about it a little bit more and kind of look back on your trends and your stats and stuff like that. Next question, how do I structure my packages and pricing? Uh, another great topic. This is a really good question. And my response is kind of play around with a few different methods. I currently do a a la carte hybrid type system. So basically like... My packages, all it comes with is hours of coverage and a film. Um, anything else, they have to add it on, and then I'll either custom quote like a package for that or just do like an a la carte type setting where, oh, we want to add two more hours of coverage, a 60-second teaser, and a ceremony edit, stuff like that. I'm thinking about testing out doing normal package system where it's like package one is eight hours, six-minute film, ceremony coverage, 60-second teaser, something like that. Um and test that out for a few weddings and see how that goes um, and then see if I want to stick with it or go back to how I'm doing now. I currently like how I do it now, how I have my, my my structure with my packages. The only thing is that I feel like sometimes it may limit me on upselling because I'm not like roping in other things into that package. But I get a pleasure in selling my couples exactly what they want. And I think that that's what the hybrid system was built for. Next question, how do I implement changes into my videography business? I would say if you're thinking about doing something and you know it's going to be really positive, just do it. Um, I know for me, like, for example, if I am doing like a, um, a thank you for booking me gift now and it's about $15 and I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it for couples that booked packages that were smaller than x dollars but i just decided like i want to build a brand around my name and around my company that we are a great company to work for we will take care of our couples take care of our clients so it doesn't matter what package they book it could be my cheapest or it could be a three-hour uh wedding elopement video i'm gonna send them everything that i would for a package that was three thousand dollars or 12 hours of photo coverage and stuff like that so definitely make changes just as you think of them and you know that they would be very beneficial to your business and don't be afraid to experiment with stuff too i think a lot of people get uh worried with that and only want to um do things that other people are doing or just make sure that they're not going to get screwed on whatever changes they want to make just don't have some fear go into it if you think it's the correct thing to do it probably is Last question, which pieces of gear should I invest in first and in the order? Oh, and what pieces of gear after that in what order? Uh, that was a little longer one um, for sure. I think that obviously getting a camera, having a few decent lenses is, is crucial. Um, I think people sleep on two things when it comes to film. I think people sleep on lighting and I think people sleep on audio the most. Um, audio is definitely what separates us from just you know, a moving photo, you know, hearing things, being a part of a scene, being immersed in a scene. I didn't know this for the first year. I thought that I needed better lenses, needed more cameras, and having more cameras is very beneficial. For me, if you are sitting right now with, let's say, um, some sort of stabilization, so it could be monopod, gimbal, whatever, a camera and like the focal ranges of like 24 to 85 met, I would start investing on audio and then lighting or maybe even lighting and audio at the same time if you can. Um, if you only have like a 24 mil and like a, a, like a really like an 85 and you're missing that middle range, I'd maybe do the lens first. Uh, I would say maybe just my Carter rule for me when I started was I wanted to have something wide, something mid-range, and something a little bit telephoto. So I had my 24 and then I had my 55, and then now I have my 85, but now I pretty much use a 24 to 70 all day. I love that lens, the f2.8, um, but definitely have your three lenses that can cover you that 24 to 70 range, and then from there, audio, lighting, and then back to lenses and stuff like that. Um, 
And after that, I don't really know what else I would say. Random things you're going to find yourself having to spend money on, like an actually good rolling case for all your tripods and stuff like that. Um, yeah, just like little small random knickknacks that you'll need, like like audio recorders, stuff like that. But yeah, guys, um, last thing, little quick tip. Keep the footage and files backed up for at least, at least six months after, you delivery, after your delivery for just safekeepings. Um, I do this all the time just in case the couple reaches out. I was like, holy crap, we lost everything. Um, can you resend us the video? That was my last little tip, guys. I have that in my notes to forget, not to forget to mention. Well, that's it, guys. That is a three-part mini-series. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed chatting about it with you guys. Thanks for sending over those questions. I appreciate that. Um, if this three-part mini-series did any sort of help to you guys or you took anything away from it, shoot me a DM saying thanks or definitely leave the podcast a review. That would be so helpful. I've seen a lot of people listening, some people posting on their stories and, and me sending me dms as well i really appreciate that thank you guys so much for listening be sure to connect with me on instagram and youtube i post a little bit more frequently um not as much on youtube these days i need to get a lot better with that um but i'll always be over there answering any questions you guys may have so be sure to have a good week i'll talk to you guys next time peace